Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Asia Pacific shares are mixed this morning. Tokyo is trading higher, up three quarters of a percent. Sydney is in the green as well, but Seoul is down a quarter percent. Markets in India are closed for public holiday. Joining me now to break down all the market action, starting with an unprecedented sale of media stocks on Friday, is Ryan Huang. How's the weekend? Awesome, Michelle. How's yours? Oh, absolutely terrific. Filled with a lot of uh, parties, meeting friends, great food. You know, couldn't, I can't expect more. Really, <laughs> it's good. Traders bracing today following an unprecedented block sale of stock on Friday, and that sent shares of media giants Discovery and Viacom CBS plummeting. More than 10 billion US dollars worth of shares changed hands outside the open market as a multi-billion dollar family office called Archegos Capital Management was forced to liquidate some of its positions. Now, Chinese internet giants Giants have been affected as well. Overall, some 35 billion US dollars in market value has been erased. So, Ryan, help us understand what happened. What exactly is Archegos Capital Management? Who are they? And what do we know about why they were executing such large sales orders? Yeah, quite a bit of mystery behind these block trades. And these are massive trades. In fact, it's been billed as the largest margin call in history. So it is still quite developing and we don't have all the details yet, but it is so far quite intriguing. So it all centers around Archigo's capital management and this is around someone called Bill Huang and he is a former trader from Tiger Management. So he was previously found guilty of insider trading. So he had to close his hedge fund and then he set up a family office called Archigo's Capital Management. So Archigo's Capital Management eventually created a portfolio which was betting big time and over-levered in some sense and in some uh, trades. So what happened is in recent days, he was under pressure to liquidate his portfolio because the banks have been issuing margin calls and that set to just things cascading and spiraling and having a domino impact and the selling spree really kicked off a series of massive block trades and that really rattled the markets in a few places. Shares of Discovery and Viacom CBS both lost more than one quarter of their value on Friday. They're off nearly 50% over the past week. Now, investors at the center of this latest storm is uh, Bill Huang, as you mentioned, that former hedge fund manager who pleaded guilty to wire fraud, insider trading back in 2012. As recently as 2018, Goldman Sachs refused to do business with Bill Huang. He was considered to be too big of a risk. So what changed? Well, that's a good question. Only Goldman Sachs can give you the answer. So what we have in terms of speculation or reports mm. coming in is maybe after so many years of being penalized, so to speak, by being on a blacklist, they thought, hey, okay, he's suffered enough. He's been penalized enough. Maybe he doesn't need to be on a blacklist anymore. So they took his name off the list and allowed him to be a business uh, partner once again. So that also may be motivated by how banks are just looking for business. And they thought maybe now is a an okay time to deal with Bill Huang. So that is the backdrop to why there was potentially a U-turn, that reason potentially. And I think this is now really starting to unwind this relationship where they have been trading for a long time, billions of dollars in trade. Now it's starting to bite back. 
Yeah, even as we ponder this block trade, I think it's useful to take a step back and ask what is a block trade exactly? How is it that traders, big investors can execute this outside of normal trading hours? Yeah, block trade, like it suggests, is a block and a block is a huge block of maybe entire lots, multiple lots of shares. And why is a block trade is because it's very hard to execute it in the open market because it will just cause for various reasons, a huge price swing. It's hard to find and match buyers in the open market when you have such a huge size of trade. So what happens typically is when you have such a huge trading transaction, you try to match it elsewhere, privately maybe, um, before the market opens with a maybe another interested party. And this is where the banks come in to find that interested party. So the motivation behind the block trade is typically to let did have as minimal impact on open trading in terms of price swings. But the result of this price or this block trade was, it was so massive, Mm. the effects were still felt after the market opened. So this is really unprecedented in that sense, the magnitude and size of these block trades. $35 million or billion dollars of um, value wiped out from various bellwether names. Absolutely. And in addition to Discovery and Viacom CBS, more than $6 billion US dollars in shares of Baidu, Tencent Music Entertainment, VIP Shop Holdings were sold. So Baidu down 25% over the month. VIP Shop, they operate an e-commerce platform uh, called VIP.com, VIP.com, fell more than 30% last week. So are analysts expecting to see a further sell-off of these Chinese firms in Asian trade today? Yeah, the question is really, will this repeat itself? And are there other Bill Huangs out there as well? Because the backdrop to this is Bill Huang overlevered on many of his trades. So who knows how many other Bill Huangs will also overlevered and might also have to liquidate their portfolios. So that is really raising a lot of question marks. Will we see more volatility? Will the selling spree continue? And we've seen the likes of Viacom CBS down 27% after the dust settled. But you also have to take into consideration how Viacom CBS was rallying ahead of this. So it's a bit of a reversal, giving back those gains. And as we head into the last week of March, it wraps up the quarter. So on top of that, you also have funds rebalancing their portfolios, which will add to even more volatility as we wrap up the quarter. Wow, uh, people glued to their screens looking at uh, changes of this magnitude. Now, speaking of big, I want to turn to the Suez Canal, where a massive container ship called the Ever Given remains wedged in place, blocking traffic through one of the world's most important waterways. Now, it's been six days since heavy winds blew Ever Given from its course. I understand some major tankers are now diverting course rather than standing by for the canal to be unblocked. Keep in mind that that change, of course, can add nearly two weeks to a ship's voyage. So Mm. it is a pretty big call to make. What is the latest yeah, ever given is to ever stuck. So pretty much in the same place where it was last week, despite all the rescue efforts or the tugboats trying to tug it along, mm. it hasn't really moved much. It is still stuck across the width of the Suez Canal. So you've now got more than 300 ships stuck on either side of this blockage. So you can imagine the amount of cargo, the amount of costs being piled up. One figure has it at around $400 million being lost every day because of this um, traffic jam. Wow. And in the recent days, we've seen salvage operations, cranes and diggers trying to dig up the side of the canal 
So we've got around 27,000 cubic meters of sand, 18 meters deep being dug. Still not enough. So the hope now is to maybe unload some of the cargo. And we've talked about how this is a massive ship before. It's able to hold 20,000 containers. And the speculation or planning is if you need to unload it, you need, need a big crane. And to get a big crane there will take a long time, maybe weeks. So you could be in for a long traffic jam. And like you pointed out, a lot of ships stuck there are now starting to face this dilemma. Do I wait it out or do I try to hit reverse and go around the African continent, which will add more costs and more time? So it's going to be a tough dilemma to get out of. Yeah, and longer routes not only increase costs, they take more time and require more fuel. So some analysts say the Suez blockage could be the fuse that sparks inflation, particularly as investors have already been concerned about the impact on prices of huge government stimulus packages. Ryan, are we seeing any signs of this yet? Impact on inflation? Uh, perhaps impact on oil markets? Yeah, so the thinking here is with commodities being stuck on these ships, oil, energy, things that people want to buy, that kind of puts the crunch on the supply side. So that could raise prices, theoretically. Uh, So that could be playing out as one of the potential scenarios. Uh, So if you think about that scenario, who will be impacted? So possibly it will hit Europe more because this is a major pathway between Europe and Asia and the Middle East. Not so much for the US. So maybe in terms of impact on the US market, it will be more limited because Asian traffic goes through another route to the west coast of the US. So it doesn't go through the Suez Canal so much. So that is the potential scenario. And if you look at what oil prices are doing, it did have a an initial knee-jerk reaction with a jump at first, but it seems to have given back some of those gains. And part of that thinking there, at least the argument is, mm. The European markets or economies don't need that much energy as much as elsewhere because right now they are facing a tough time overcoming the COVID-19 situation. So in terms of oil demand, the impact of having not that much oil is not going to be detrimental or at least not going to have to move the needle that much on inflation. So that is also going to be interesting when we head into the OPEC Plus meeting come Thursday when they decide whether to continue their output cuts. Well, I have to say, I talked about this removal of cargo option, I think on day two of the uh, ship being stuck. And now we hear the Egyptian general who heads the Suez Canal Authority has ordered the canal's operators to prepare for all options, including removing cargo from the ever given. And so far, canal operators have been hesitant to take that step. So far this morning, we've had an unprecedented uh, block trade, plunging media stocks in a block trade route. Um, I wonder if we can speak briefly about Billy Billy. Mm. Um, you know, the so far this morning, we've heard in Hong Kong today the Chinese video platform Billy Billy going public, looking to raise as much as three point two billion US dollars in a secondary listing. So, what are analysts saying about Billy Billy? Yeah, so you might not be familiar with this um, Billy Billy video platform because this is really a Chinese video or Chinese targeted video platform. It's been dubbed the YouTube or sometimes the Netflix of China. So it's the latest secondary listing to try to seek more funding. And just a few weeks ago, we saw the likes of Baidu doing the same. Mm. And looking at Baidu's day one 
debut. It wasn't that spectacular. So maybe there is a bit of fatigue here around secondary, secondary listings. And also the wider markets around Hong Kong and China are, in a way, under pressure with the recent sell-off. And they are in correction territory. And of course, with what's going on in the Chinese tech space, a bit of a regulatory clamp down. That is another headwind they have to face. So that is the potential scenario playing out later that we might see a bit of a lukewarm response when they make their debut in Hong Kong later. Yeah, the Nasdaq listed company is selling 25 million shares in Hong Kong. They've been priced at 808 Hong Kong dollars a share. I'm sure there's some luck involved in the coming up of that price. Uh, perceptions of lucky number, that is. Now, here at home, the pharmaceutical and electronic sectors have given a big boost to Singapore's factory output. It jumped more than 16% in February. The STI, meanwhile, finished up half a percent on Friday at 31.57, now up 7% over the past month. 11% since the start of the year. So how is the STI trading this morning? Yeah, let's take a look at how it is starting this short trading week. And we are in the green by 0.4%, 3,170. And this is pretty much a one-year high. So it is quite a good start to wrap up the last trading week of the quarter. And going by the early action, one of the... Um, Interesting stocks to watch out for mm -hmm. will be iFast. And that is because it's in the news for pretty much expanding its business in Malaysia with introducing its stocks and ETF broker services on FSM1 in Malaysia for consumers. So that is potentially more business. And so far, you've got iFast in the opening minutes up by 0.3% at $5.96. And looking at the STI, we are looking at most of the counters in the green, just six of them in the red right now. At the top is Yangzhejiang Shipbuilding, up 3.1%. At the bottom, you have Capital Land, down 1% at $3.81. And you've got DBS and OCBC. In the red, you'll be in the green. So a rather mixed picture for banks right now. And I think it's going to be a cautious start as we wait out for more details down the road for from things like the US infrastructure bill. So that'll be something to watch out for because it might cause more drama for bond yields. Absolutely. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Keep it with us here on Singapore's most influential radio station, Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.